Right, okay, I've just been informed this is actually number 27 of the podcast. Um, and following on from having previous guests on that played a key role in, you know, our our careers and everything that we did um, as a band, you know, we've got Steve Phillips on today, who was our press officer, really excited about that. And actually one of the nicest men in music, I have to say. And it's a, it's a pleasure to have him on as well. And, you know, this ties into the whole theme of giving everyone a kind of window into into how things happened and the people that were involved, um, but also sort of some of the finer points of their role, do you know what I mean, in terms of a press, a press officer and kind of what their role is in the whole, um, you know, machine, if you want to call it that. But yeah, first and foremost, thank you very much for coming on, Steve. It's a, it's a pleasure, mate. It's an absolute pleasure. And I think uh, after that introduction, I think it can't get any better. I think I might just go, mate. <laughs> so, yeah, as well, we've also got Pete Fletcher on as usual. How are you doing, Pete? You OK? I know you've been on some pretty taxing uh, bits of work at the moment, haven't you? Oh, yeah. Keeping busy. Keeping busy. The only problem is, is that I, I learned today that I don't like almond milk, man. I, I made a cappuccino and I ran out of regular milk, so I used my wife's almond milk. Oh, and man. I, it, apparently, it doesn't go well with cappuccino. <laughs> No. I think you've got to get the right type, Pete. I think I yeah. think there's a, there's a barista type, isn't there? Yeah. Standing yeah. very London here, mate, aren't I? Very London, very posh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, man, it's it, it's absolutely amazing to to speak to you again after what we've just discussed. Must be must be nine, ten years coming up. Ten now. years, I reckon. Yeah. yeah, I reckon. I reckon those last. Yeah, when were they? Was it ten or eleven? Those, it was, it that was last ele- It was eleven. It was July or August eleven. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, 10 years. I know, man. A long time. Like so, a long so time. Steve, you were involved with these guys. How, how closely does a press officer work with a band? Uh, well, very, uh, very closely, I think. I think out of... Uh, back then, certainly, you know, we're going back 20 years, I think probably the press officer outside of the manager mm. was, was probably the close... He had the closest working relationship with the band. Oh, wow. Without a doubt, I think. You know, I think obviously people at the label, Dave Boyd, you know, obviously you had Dave Boyd and Paul Collins and Rachel at Hook. But yeah, I think it was it was a fairly, yeah, very close relationship. So, you know, one thing back then, obviously, the, the, the difference between now and then in yeah. terms of the amount of press out there is, 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 yeah, there was so much out there. So, you know, at the height of the height of their, you know, the first and going into the second album, we must have been doing things. I must have been seeing you every every week, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. I think, like like you say, I mean, you mentioned the uh, the people at the label. I mean, as we've discussed with them themselves, we didn't really see them too much. Do you know what I mean? Because we yeah. we had such a strong vision, and Tim and Tony were leading things, and obviously you guys were leading things in, um, the, you know, such a strong direction that we didn't need too much of the record uh, label sort of really not interfering, but really sort of being involved at any, um, you know, level where we were seeing them a lot. Whereas someone like you, uh, who, <laughs> who it's always an absolute privilege to see. Do you know what I mean? And like the the best thing is war as well. You know. We've discussed before, talked about it with Tim and we talked about it with the lads was the fact that we had this sort of gang mentality. Do you know what I mean? And like once yeah. once you were sort of in the gang, you would you were properly in the gang. Do you know what I mean? And, and the road yeah, and the road crew as well, obviously, oh, mate. They were uh, yeah. absolutely man. Yeah, the road crew as well. And so for you as well, because obviously as Steve's the press officer, if we're out in well, take for example, uh, Japan. When we went to Japan and oh, yeah. and, and, <laughs> and Steve flew out with the lads from Q magazine, wasn't it? Johnny, yeah, Johnny Sigs, and um, who I still see actually quite regularly. Johnny, still, actually, I've still 
We've still got those wrestlers masks we bought. I, I, I <laughs> everyone, everyone will know those wrestlers masks because I've put pictures of them on Twitter. Yeah, they were, actually our, yeah they were our masks in that photo session. They were our masks. I think I've still got it in here somewhere. So, yeah. I used to terrify the kids with it. They peer downstairs and oh, like, you know, man. whoa! We all, put, we all put them on for that photo shoot, didn't we? And we were getting some proper strange oh, looks. Lovely. Yeah, it was very cold. It was, it was Sapporo, it, wasn't it? It was Sapporo, yeah. It was, yeah. Yeah. It was did, were, were you just in Sapporo or did you travel to a couple of places with No, us? we came, we, drew, we flew in Sapporo and it was, I, we, I think we were quite shocked how cold it yeah. was there. We still got off the place like, Jesus Christ. It yeah. was like, it was probably about minus 10, minus easily. <laughs> easily, wasn't it? yeah, easily, yeah. Easy. Yeah. And Johnny, I remember Johnny Siggs was because Johnny Siggs is an old. He's been the journalist for years. Pete, he was at the NME and mm-hmm. probably started. And he's probably about six foot six six, yeah. something like that. Yeah, and yeah. he was, and obviously, you know, he stood out like a sore thorn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's walking around a big sheepskin coat, and he was so cold. We saw these wrestlers, <laughs> these woolen wrestlers, masks on the streets. Right, I'm getting what we got one. So obviously. <laughs> We all bought one. Then the next thing, we were all just walking down the street in Sephora with this six foot six guy with a wrestler's mask <laughs> and a full length sheepskin coat on. <laughs> but anyway, that, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, I'm go, already going off. On no, there. man, that's the idea of this podcast. That's exactly what we do. We love it, man. You know, with people like yourself, it, a lot of it is reliving old times as well as giving people a window into the whole thing. Um, yeah. Because, you know, we had such a fucking laugh on that tour, didn't we? And the thing about Japan is, like, for anyone that's never been there, it, I mean, for me anyway, it's it's such a culture shock, do you know what I mean, in terms of how, like, the whole place, basically, and it's so much fun to, to go there, sort of especially in the circumstances that, that we did, do you know what I mean? You yeah. know, we were sort no, of pri- privileged in a way to to be yeah. able to sort of do the things that we did in that regard. And do you know what I mean? Have like uh, however long you were out there, but we're over a week. I'm sure you must have been out there. Sort yeah, of- we went to, we went to Tokyo, but the other thing is as well, obviously with with doing the job, we used we used to do a lot of traveling to the states, Pete, as well, which is uh-huh. sort of New York and LA. But that was the first time I'd flown east from the UK, and and the jet lag. Yeah compared to going west oh yeah it, it it just sends you into a tailspin for three yeah. days so it was a very bizarre i think we were there four we went to, came down to tokyo with you so we must have been there yeah four days or so i reckon four or five days yeah man yeah uh, and we had we had a lot of fun but i mean like you say the jet lag is absolutely killer oh, I, yeah I, you know i don't i've never really felt it that much anywhere else you know you just deal with it absorb it but when i mean you know whatever time you get there because of the nature of the flight you get there and you get your hotel and you get in the hotel room and you look at your bed and you think if i lay down on that for even <laughs> one minute do you know what I yeah. mean? Like, and it's and it's like eleven in the morning. Do you know what I mean? It's like I can't go to sleep now. And I mean, lost in translate, oh. lost in translation. That film, I thought that perfect, yeah. perfectly encapsulated that jet lag feeling that you do get when you go to Japan, and how sort of surreal it makes you feel. But you know, we we had an absolute blast. And like the food as well, man. Do you know what I mean? Like, and yeah. when, when the label are paying for everything. 
Do you know, do you yeah. know what I mean? You can, you can I mean, I remember we, a couple of, I remember a couple of the old barbecues over there. You know, barbecues, the, uh, yeah, man, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We, yeah. I mean, we've had incidents over there where we've been in certain establishments, and you know, the uh, the promoters come over and they're whispering in your in the tour manager's ear, and then tour manager comes over giggling, going, "Oh, we best leave." Do you know what I mean? We've run up about a five thousand dollar bill <laughs> in about two hours. We best go. They can't handle it, and you're like, "All oh, right, yeah. didn't know." Sorry, <laughs> but yeah, you know, like, um, you know that. That night we had at karaoke, man. That were oh. absolutely- <laughs> yeah. yeah, Johnny. Yeah, bloody hell. Yeah, the hot sauce and Johnny Sigs doing uh, ACDC. I AC- see a fantastic ACDC, Pete. Brilliant, absolutely yeah. fantastic ACD. And uh, we've got it all on. Um, it, it's been filmed as that. Ooh. Oh, good god. <laughs> Uh, the video oh, I'm gonna say man the video lives on I were only watching it a couple of weeks ago and thinking oh I've got to, I've got to send this to Steve I might have to no don't that. mate I'll be like oh no well speaking of video I've actually now that I'm looking at you I've seen you before in some other videos that surfaced on Twitter uh, there was like some backstage stuff uh, right right and okay were, and you were kind of like with the guys uh, yeah I think it was in Japan so yeah you've probably was yeah yeah, I think, yeah which, but yeah it will be. Yeah, spend, spend a lot of time, Pete, with with the band back then. Yeah, like, like I said, probably probably once a week when you, when you were in the sort of middle of it all, definitely, if not more. Yeah, you know? I mean, yeah. that's the nature of it, isn't it, really? I mean, it's something that we've discussed as well, is um, when you're hot, so to speak, you know, everyone, everyone you know, wants, yeah. to, wants to speak to you. And there's a lot, to, you know, there's a lot of ground to cover back then. You know, there was so many more magazines back then, yeah. you know. I mean, would you the say... The Enemy, obviously, was weekly, and, uh, you know, we, we we had an odd relationship with the Enemy, I think, but oh, certainly, covered, you know... That's funny that... Yeah. You, it's funny that you just tried to casually skirt over that stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I knew it'd come up at some point. Oh, yeah. Oh, we had a funny relationship. I mean, oh, God, I mean... You had to me- you had to mediate a few times with me up for. I mean, you know, I were young. Do you know what I mean? In terms of, it, it just didn't make sense to me. I mean, it's a it's a it's a million fold conversation. Well, we had, yeah, we had the pro- the issue. I think the problem we had was that I I started on. Um, I think I started working with you the, the week. Might as well try fuck me. EP came out. Yeah. Oh yeah, Love and that. the enemy. The enemy because Tim had been kind of because Tim had been. I don't know if he talked about it but tim had been a pr before he started managing the yeah. and curve and so he, he had all he had a lot of contacts and at, at the enemy so i think initially him and tony lincoln kind of did the first single and yeah it was it was it was that it was the old guard at the enemy of james oldham and all those lot and they were very supportive and then we had that i think it was about a month before the, the album was due and Conor McNicholas took over and he decided it was year zero and anything from the old regime was, was you know, yeah. was raw. The past. But yeah, the past. And uh, he just, yeah, it was very, because we'd, we'd agree to cover for the album, mm. I remember. And, it, and you know, and this is before he started. I remember he tried to back out of it and it all got a bit, you oh, can't really? do this. Yeah, he was like, I don't want to... He backed out. He actually backed out. I was doing Richard Ashcroft as well at the time, that second solo album, which, to be fair, wasn't his best. <laughs> but still, <laughs> it, it, you know, he would sort it because I think that was probably coming out around the same time and would sort the same thing would sort it out a couple with the enemy in advance of that, you know, a good two or three months look mm. albums. But he didn't do that one in the end. And that really caused a lot of issues, you right. know. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it really was like it, it did sometimes. Sometimes feel like 
swimming against the tide with specifically Connor, I think, more than anybody, because he just didn't, you know, and obviously as the editor, well, it, it made it difficult, you know. That's so. it. That, I mean, if like you say, if there's people there that aren't into, you know, aren't into it or aren't into how you look or how you dress, because I'll get onto that in a second. But I will say, regardless of sort of, you know, any conversations we're having now about it, the bottom line is they they did give us a lot of vital support early on. Yeah. That you know they they did a lot for our exposure, and um, you know we were we were more than happy to work with them. It just it just got funny when you're like an 18 year old kid and you read an article and someone's calling you like a trog faced wanker. You know what I mean? As, <laughs> yeah. you know, as part of, sure, yeah. as part of a fucking article, someone's calling you a trog face wank, yeah. and you're like, you know what I mean? Like, well, you know, well, fuck it, you know insane. what I mean? Well, you got to have thick skin. I know you have, and that was my problem back then. Um, is that I just didn't have thick skin and everything used to bug me and I used to see everything as so much more of a bigger deal than it was and like Tim you know Tim always used to sort of try and say look you need to see the bigger picture here and it was always difficult when someone's calling you a trog face wanker though or um, you know like like the, the the having everyone on the cover and not just a singer or whatever and you know when they're yeah. like oh well they just want the singer on the cover and then the next week there's all seven of the coral on the cover do you know what I mean yeah. and you're like well what's the problem yeah it was hard it was it, it was a very hard so yeah it, was just, it wasn't it was you know it's was, it was, it was like you said in some respects the, the you know the support we got was great you know yeah. i think we got we ended up getting two or three, i think two or three covers in the end yeah, yeah. And, you know, it was, three i think it was, yeah it was it was it, you know i you couldn't complain in a lot of respects no, no, but yeah i i certainly you know i i certainly felt fear you know and it's not Having done this twenty five years, I still I I couldn't sit on the other side of it. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I think it's a it's a really you know it's it, yeah it's hard you know it's like you said especially when you're eighteen yeah you know yeah. it's very tough. It's a difficult you know? it's, a, it's a difficult thing to to absorb, like you say. And I don't know the the, the weird thing with the anime I thought was the sort of juxtaposition where in you know like they write really cool articles about us um, and then sort of give weird reviews or something like i mean you know that like you said there's different people there that have different opinions and stuff but i don't know i just think it's something that that kind of goes amiss and i would imagine in this day and age you probably won't be able to get away with it in the same way i mean yeah i don't think i think the problem is the problem was then the enemy was weekly so it, it just it, you know there was there's almost no escape in a way you know it's <laughs> like if you you know it's like one week you might get something good the next week yeah. you might you know there might be something a bit snidey in there mm. next week you might be all right again then be back to getting snidey so you know it's not like you it's not like it is nowadays where there's you know especially in, well, in print specifically you know all you've all you've got left really is monthly so you, you know mm. you know you're not gonna get the problem is enemy would write about a band a successful band week in week out yeah you know the, the, the if they if they had the way you know they well they used to you know coalition we were kind of lucky because we had a lot of great you know great yeah. bands who they wanted to write about and you know they did write about the Libertines or you lot as well you know or Franz Ferdinand or the Strokes yeah. mm. you know they just if you let them they'd write about them you know they'd, they'd interview them every week so the problem <laughs> is just that you know the problem is you. This, there is no escape from it when it's a weekly and it's so it's just so intense I think and yeah I did feel you know I, I definitely you know it made me think about it coming on here really I had a bit think back to those days and I did you know I did feel fear you know mm-hmm. it being 18 and you know having to go through that and yeah it was it was some of it was yeah 
it was below the belt, definitely. I think. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, there was definitely some below the belt stuff I felt. Um, do you think that had something to do with the fact that they're just trying to be edgy and, and show some, you know, level of, you know, sharp edge to, to their writing, you know, to, to uh, make I it... Think, I don't think it was that, Pete. I think... I think it comes. I think a lot of it with the music came back to Connerstein and all, all, it almost being a year zero scenario. You know, he wanted to clear the decks and you know start with his own vision of the magazine, which is which is fair enough as an editor. You know, I think I think the en- enemy had been a certain thing for quite a while. Mm-hmm. You know, in a certain way, and um, I think he. You know, he, he, rightly or wrong, you know, he, he wanted to come in and and start afresh. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and it, and it ca- kind of coincided. You know, it, it was weird the timing of it as well because your album came out at the same time as the Liberty, virtually the same time as the Libertines record, maybe th- two months before. Yeah. But the Libertines had only put out their first record, first single, about a month after Connor started. So they're campaign from first single into album yeah. was very short mm-hmm. so they suddenly became Connors you know you know f- he was flagway you know they're, they fell in his lap really and yeah. you know he, he just went off in that direction with them and then obviously all that post liberty and suddenly it was all in that direction you yeah, know yeah, yeah. so Timing. I think I think it was a, there's an element of that really I think that's the main reason you know I think he, he, he just wanted a fresh start yeah, simple yeah. as that yeah. you know so yeah I suppose it, it's difficult as well because when you had such cool cool people like um, you know the guys at Q and I mean and don't get me wrong as well you know you got people like Andy Wiltshire who was a, a you know uh. he was a was he like a, a freelance who worked for the enemy as a photographer, or was he like? The- yeah, he kind of. I think back then he was. He, he, he'd have been on. He'd have been, I, I, I think they'd have had some sort of freelance contract with him, so he, he, he was essentially tied to them. You know, I spent so much time with Andy. Such a. I think the you know probably the nice the nicest man I you know I <laughs> dealt with yeah, journalists yeah. or photo wise. You know, yeah. it just such a jay and a great you know a really good photographer i think you know i think doing what he did he's quite unobtrusive and just mm-hmm. didn't you know and, and and bands were very you know which which is the key you know bands were happy with him being around yeah. you know and it, i think that's when you get the best photos when you know a band's just you know comfortable. at ease yeah. and yeah comfortable and he, yeah. he made people feel really easy and comfortable and yeah it was just a very you know nice bloke he's, he's still he's still about he still occasionally comes to see me for lunch he's, he lives up in Bedford and um, he's, he's, do, he's doing quite a bit with the FA actually doing some football stuff he's oh, doing right. some videos as well so yeah he's still you know still yeah, busy man. I mean, like you, like you say, in terms of uh, doing photos or anything like that, it's the make or break for me. Is the personality of the photographer, and like you say, it was just it was almost like he wasn't there in terms of when he was taking, you know, great. I mean, obviously you'd have a few shots that were relatively settled, but then yeah. he, then he'd just work around that. Do you know what I mean? Whereas, yeah, he he was primarily primarily they used him as a live photographer <coughs> and sort of a news photographer, so he'd just go in and and do less of the setup stuff and more of the sort of reportagey stuff. So yeah, yeah. He, was, he was just very good for that, you yeah. know. So um, yeah, but lovely bloke, yeah, yeah, man, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, there's some, there's some nice, you know, I don't, there, was, there, was, there was a lot of good people at the enemy, you know, it's, it's like I said, I don't want us to no. go down the path of, you know, I, you know, we did suffer a bit, I think, but equally, you know, we, we had a, we had a good run as well, I think. You well, know, absolutely. So. And Tim, Tim's always quick to, you know, whenever I sort of talk about it, cause I, you know, I, I, I te- took that to heart back then. I dropped it a bit nowadays, but 
Uh, Tim's always very much like they did help you a lot. I know they pissed you off a bit, but they did help you a lot. And um, you know, I wholeheartedly agree with that. But you know, you're going to talk about these things, and I think it's just a wider issue anyway. Um, And I think other people have actually spoken out in terms of uh, treatment in um, well from the enemy directly. I won't say who, but uh, you know, plenty of people have. It's it's one of those things, Uh, like you say, Pete. I think the you know not specifically for us, but I think there was a trend of writers, well, any sort of journalist really, or music journalists. Like, and I suppose it's an interesting point you make, Steve, in a sense that when you've got a weekly publication, you've got to you've got to come up with some. Oh, you? really? And, yeah. and then in the Excuse end, you, the, you know, the, it's not necessarily making stuff up, but it's where you read it, where you read an entire article and just think that didn't even say anything. Do you know what I mean? You, you just... I think people just don't. I think the thing is, and sometimes you know, people just don't think. Well, it's like you said, it's quick turnover. People sometimes don't think and things just get through and sometimes there's no real intent to it but it's just it's just a mistake not a mistake but it's just someone hasn't properly had a think through you know more than anything so i mean something i wanted to to sort of ask directly I mean, I don't know whether you'll be able to sort of put your finger on it. I'm sure you probably will. But, you know, what's the difference between a good press officer and a shit one? I think think probably knowing the balance between... Because you you kind of... Your job's really an intermediary between, I think, three three points as the band... Mm. So I think you've got to have a good understanding of a band and, be, you know, certainly back then, it's like the one thing that has changed a lot in the last few years, you just don't spend the amount of time you do with bands and artists, Mm. you know, that you used to. Mm. So that's slightly changed. But back then it was certainly being able to have a good relationship and understand a band and know what they're about and where they're coming from and where they sit, you know, their aesthetic, what, you know, know, where they sit in the bigger picture. So... You know, you, you, and you've got to be, you know, you've got to be able to get on with bands. You know, bands can be, you know, <laughs> can be quite a, <laughs> an artist can be quite uh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wankers. No, no. I don't I don't I don't think we ever had any of those moments, did we? Nah, like no, but now you've got to, you know, you I think it comes back to what you were saying, Adam, as well. I think, you know, it is hard being, you know, putting yourself in front of people, whether it be press or you know, an audience or whatever. So you've got to understand as, you know, the issues that come with, but, but yeah, so you, you, you kind of got intermediary between there, mm-hmm. but you, then you've got to understand the press one, you know, it's like, there's no point just saying, but I'm going to do, you know, it, it, you know, there's got to be that sometimes, sometimes you do say that, so look, this is fucking ridiculous. We're not doing that. You know, it's a waste of time, you know, come up with another idea. But a lot of the time you kind of try and meet halfway because, yeah. you know, it, you've got to understand what they, you know, what they want as well. You know, there's certain publications wanting different things and their audience. So there's a bit of sort of, a, and then obviously there's a label as well. I yeah. come into it, you know, there's, which is actually I was thinking about today, kind of the dynamic definitely changed. I think with the label when hot, when you sort of moved into Virgin, oh yeah, you know, when massively. main, so to speak, you know, massively. I think it, changed massively so um so yeah you, you you've got you know we at the start it was great with hook because there was a lot of you know you work with hook i'm going off on a bit a few times no, working with hook you know i remember the meetings always you 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 obviously were never in them i don't know you, no. it was, it, but you'd go into meetings and there'd only be like six or seven people in there there'd be me tim and to- tim and tony or tony or rob might come in occasionally mm. uh, and then or, there'd be Rachel, Paul, 
Luke. Yeah, Luke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Luke yeah, yeah. And uh, beyond that, that was about it, really. Mm-hmm. You know, and you'd, you'd get things done. You'd, you'd, you know, if there's any problems, you know, you'd you'd, you'd thrash it out and yeah. you'd be honest in those. And then when you moved out to Virgin, I remember the first meeting we went. There was about fifty people in the room. Oh, really? Yeah. And he's like, what's going on with press? Oh, oh, oh. He's like, rabbit. And you just don't want to say anything negative. You know what I mean? In those, you're, pre, you're less inclined to say, well, actually, there is a bit of a problem here. Right. You know, we've got this issue with Corral. We've got this, you know. And nothing ever gets properly discussed in those sort of situations. And this is, it's not just you, like, it's, it's a, something that, you you know, happens a lot of yeah, record yeah. has happened, you know, in the past. I yeah, think, yeah. you know, those big meetings are just a, absolute waste of time and energy and just yeah you never get anything done you know well, it so. sounds like a much more corporate affair because when we actually had dave boyd on actually he was sort of um you know talking quite fondly about the fact it was uh you know quite a small number of people like you say that were actually doing you know not just a day-to-day but everything you know do you know what i mean it was uh five or six seven people at most like you say and um and everyone so, was passionate about it as well mate that's yeah. the other thing so, that, it, you know, so it gets it gets diluted so the points get diluted and lost and the passion goes does it when you when you sort of take that to a a, a bigger more corporate setup like you know like we went on to directly onto virgin it's interesting now yeah, I think it does. I, I certainly felt it. You know, certain people, different people, everyone's different. But I, from my point of view, I certainly, I certainly didn't feel it was as um, productive. Well, I guess, I, mean? I guess it's <laughs> never that situation is never going to carry as much enthusiasm, is it? If you've got you know a small group of people all on the same page, it's going to have a, a natural enthusiasm that carries it, and people are going to be willing to sort stuff out. Whereas I just find it interesting, like you say, that as soon as you go into that dynamic of tons more people, suddenly you feel well. Suddenly, I don't know. Maybe you you kind of your point feels less meaningful in the sense that you're like, well, I'm not going to say that because you know what I mean. Yeah, there's a degree of that, and I think you know, I think if you look as well. At the you know with more people involved you've got more opinion you know and it mm. kind of everything every, you know there's a lot more compromise and a lot more you know okay I'll, I'll you know can see but I think there's a lot of you know with the aesthetic with all the sleeves on that first album yeah. and everything had a real strong yeah. very tight defined sort of sense of itself you know mm. and, and it and it all went in the same direction as i i you know even the the sleeve of that second record almost felt like it put together by you know consensus you, do you know what i mean it's mm. it, it just i think it just lost a bit of uh well I mean, you know, yeah. you, you talk about that, that sleeve. I felt really cheesed off by that sleeve. And let's talk about that sleeve. Now, don't get me wrong. Uh, you know, I, I do like that. Sorry, mate, have I opened a sore wound? No, well, no it's, <laughs> it's not so much a sore wound. It's more the fact that, I mean, it was it was Peter Saville, wasn't it? I mean, obviously we had Robin Nick Carter on the oh, first Christ, album. Yeah. I've just slagged off Peter Saville, sorry. No, no, you haven't. <laughs> let, let, me, let me finish because you haven't. This is the entire point. So we went from Robin Nick Carter. Now, don't ask me why now. Don't ask me why we decided to move away from that. Uh, I would imagine it will have been, um, you know, probably part of the, uh, the the US label sort of push maybe. I can't well, imagine. I think, that, I think, I think the, you know, I was going to say, I think the US label certainly, certainly felt a, a, a bigger hand from the exactly. US side definitely and um, yeah. yeah so well we, we, we lined Peter Saville up and we had a meeting with him and a couple of uh, people that worked with him and it went well and then basically our, our thing was done by a couple of juniors he had nothing what, it, oh, I didn't know okay he had yeah. nothing to do with it yeah 
you know, I, it just it had nothing to do with it. it I'm, I, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not disrespecting the people that did it. But when you when you're commissioning someone like that, and then you realise that actually, well, certainly on our project, it was really only working as what you could only describe as at best an executive producer, because the, you know yeah. these 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 guys went and uh, did it over the course of a few days in the studio. I don't don't know if I ever hmm. went in, but I mean, like you say, that that's a perfect example, really, on that first record. Well, um, it, felt, it kind of you know it's that thing. It kind of felt almost effortless and every you know that first record it just just felt effortless you know and so just, much vision yeah and i just think it kind of you know and it's not it's like like i said before it's not just with you like you know over the years i've seen it with a lot of but you know it's kind of you reach the band reaches a certain point and it's and it's it's almost people feel the need to tinker and you know almost mm. over tinker to 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 sort of in that effort to take it to the other level, whereas almost, you know, there's almost an argument for stripping it back and, and mm. just, just keeping that, as you know, keeping that aesthetic and, yeah, yeah. you know, keeping oh, yeah. that vision going and not, you know, if it's, yeah. So I, I kind of felt that second one was definitely just a lot of, just a classic too many cooks scenario. You know? yeah. <laughs> it was, it was uh, I, I sort of I lost any perception of uh, label identity at that point. Like you say, when it was hot, it was very clear. And you know, we even used to get like Christmas boxes from them. Do you know what I mean? I've still got yeah. I've still got the the uh, contents of a lot of those because they were so cool. Um, Don't eat them, mate. They'll be off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'll keep, you uh, do yourself a <laughs> do yourself a mischief, mate, with that twenty year old uh, pudding. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right man um but yeah like you know after after hut when it was just there were none of that it just felt like i can't i mean i can't even remember who who was our a and r do you know what i mean i can't i can't remember any i can't remember anyone at that hmm. was I, it was it nick 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 um oh it was yeah it was um I can't. Yeah, I can't remember his second name, but anyway, there was you know there was no there was none of that same family feeling anyway, and that's what that was that's what really carried through that first album that family feeling, and you know you, I mean you came out you came out to America as well, didn't you? Did you come out to America a couple of times with us? You came you out. To, I think about I think about four times with you actually. Yeah, I think um, yeah, I, I think I think the first time it was due to be a cover. Just out, it was. It, we came, it was in the winter, wasn't it? We came to Chicago. Cin- wasn't it? Cin- no, Cincinnati. Well, the glamour of Cincinnati. Oh, was Columbus. it? Oh God, Ohio. That's right. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> Again, it was absolutely fucking freezing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, and that was meant to be the cover just after Christmas. So it'd have been. 2002 going into 2003 and sadly joe strummer died so did they we lost the cover and they stuck <laughs> oh, the on the cover oh, i shouldn't be laughing oh, really man. but i mean like oh, yeah so <laughs> oh, yeah dear. and we actually got uh, the, the irony of going back to what we were saying about you know enemy or common moaning we never got good shots I remember it was Dean Chalkley did those shots. And, and I remember Marion, who was a really nice picture editor up there at the time. She said, these are brilliant. And she sent me a couple and said, wow, these are... Because it was cold, but it was really... Can you remember? It's yeah. really blue, sort of, mm-hmm. you know, blue skies. And um, just really, you know, beautiful. You know, I think we shot them in 
Shotland in the morning, maybe. So the sun was a, so just that, everything looked great. The light in the blue, mm. so and, you know. And then the irony was obviously they they were never used on the cover. You know, it's mm. like they ended, ended well, obviously ended up as an inside feature. But yeah, it went where there. are they? So um, I'd love to see those. Yeah, no. It, it, well, they ended up. They didn't actually end up using the great ones. I don't think for the inside piece because it just didn't work as a, but as yeah. a cover. I remember, they were they were great. I think. The sh- yeah, but um, yeah, a few times came over to New York for the second record yeah. with Karak, with Kerrang because because thinking about it, we kind of had a bit of bit of sort of love from Kerrang on the first record. This is big rock magazine over here, still still going, but it was the big kind of. It, it, so at some points, it got close to selling as many as the enemy, but it was more on the sort of metal rock side of yeah. things. And they did they did a bit on the first record, but they actually the second record was obviously a bit more their sort of territory. So yeah. we came over to New York. I brought over Ian. We did that and the fly cover at the same time, if you remember, with uh, with Ian Abraham. With Ian Abraham, mate. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, I do remember that. I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and you played at. Maybe the maybe the Bowery Bore it was it the Bowery? Yeah, we played the Bowery three times, I think. Yeah. So it'll probably been one of those. I'm trying to remember if we played anywhere else in New York. We played somewhere else with the Vines, oh, yeah. but the majority of other yeah. times we in New York. Um other than in L- LA I came to as well on that dreadful sorry again, that dreadful enemy <laughs> trip. Oh was the Angel Wings one. It's like, oh, oh. man, he's not doing it. Fucking hell, yeah. Was I that, have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> was, that in, was that in LA? Yeah. Was we it? all stayed in those apartments between um, Santa, in West Hollywood, between Santa Monica in and Venice. Uh, Sunset. No, Sunset. It was with a pool on the roof. So there were, there were serviced apartments somewhere. Oh, oh the somewhere awkward. Near, was it the awkward apartment? Yeah, somewhere, somewhere near um, Mel's Diner around there, just 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 off the strip there. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. That fucking hell, yeah. I'd, I thought that, I wouldn't have, I didn't remember that being in America. I thought that were in England, but oh no, God. No, well, that was, that was the, that was the real, that was pretty grim actually, because we, because that was for the second album. We would, We'd been battling to to try and get you know to get the cover, yeah. And there's been a lot of to in and fro, and so well, we're only going to stick you know the usual. We're only stick Rob on, you know. And this and it was, like, and I think we'd we'd had a discussion, and it would agree. Look, okay, fine. Let's you know. I think we'd all with the band and Tim and Tony, and we go, all right. If we get you know, if that's what they want for a cover, let's just buy the bullet and go for it. But they had suggested these angel wings idea, you know, sort of the, the second coming of, you know, and we were all no fucking way. It's like just, you know, poor old Robert. So we'd agreed that in the advance. So obviously I go down to the studio an hour or two with Rob on his own to do the, his solo shot for the cover. Hot 10 minutes into it, obviously these angel wings. Go, I know we talked about this, <laughs> but and it's like, you are fucking joking me. And it was like, well, it's not, I don't think it'll go on the cover without these. So they're really put in a grim position. And yeah. um, I think I, I don't, I don't think I've I ever think, seen pictures with wings. I'll show you it. Pete. Again, I don't think that ended up on the cover in the end, you know, no, thinking didn't. about it. Mm. But um, so, we, so I remember sitting down, you know, t- obviously really pissed off and taking, Ro- I think I remember taking Robert. So I think, mate, what, uh, what do you, you know, I'm, it's really your, you know, you, yeah, I, I can't force you to do this. What yeah. do you know? I think he decided, you know, look, 
go for it and then but it was you you know and it was just so uncomfortable because you lot turned up and it was like what the fuck and it's like oh, man. Yeah, I remember, <laughs> it's understandable you know i can't you know and yeah and i think he um i think rob was having a bit of a hard time at the time as well and it oh, was yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, not the best of trips in a lot of respects you know but yeah I, cer- but, I certainly remember walking into the room and seeing the angel wings and just being like well, who didn't get the fucking memo? Do you know? I, mean, I remember. I, yeah, you know, well, same here, mate. I remember thinking, did they surreptitiously? Oh, by the way, that, I know we talked about it. Yeah, that is the slyest trick in the book, isn't oh, that, yeah. it? Oh, yeah. Because they, did, you know, they knew that if they had them there and they just smiled and were like, oh, yep. look, look what we've brought. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, oh, yeah, exactly, fuck. Yeah. And they made him do yeah. like the, they made him do like the Mr. Burns hands like that, didn't they? Yeah, it was it was all a bit that I think that that was that was a lot. I think a lot of the problem, you know, that stage of the enemy that they kind of went into these things with a, with an idea of what because before you you know a lot of stuff a lot of stuff was done on the hoof, you know. Yeah. It's like you know, and you got some great stuff doing, you know, very nat, you know. I still see Tom Sheehan, who wasn't enemy but was melody maker, but was from that old school of just, you know, let's just go and do it now, you know, yeah, yeah. get some great, yeah. you know, he got some great shots over the years. But at that point, the enemy always kind of had a vision of what they wanted. And, yeah, very, you know, sta- very stylized. Yeah. Mm. And if it did, you know, and if it didn't, you know, and if, if it didn't happen, then it's a failure, you know, yeah. so it was, it, yeah, it made it. Did you did did you happen to see the article that was in Vice? Because isn't he the Vice editor now, Connor? I'm sure he's no, it. No, he's long, no, he's long gone. Andy Kappa went. He's in Vice. He's in LA now. He's, he's he, he was from the era before. Oh, he must. Have, I think he must have just he, he must have just been writing about his time. Oh, I think he wrote something, didn't he? Recently, I, I kind of vaguely remember it. Yeah, yeah he wrote yeah. something about us. Yeah, basically. I think he said the same sort of thing, didn't he? About yeah. it being years. You know, it's like clearing the decks. Yeah, oh, oh, he used us as a as a cruel example, man. He was just like <laughs> he was he was talking about coming into the NME from where he came from. I mean, was it something like Top Gear magazine that he came from? No, he was. He'd come. He'd been. Um, he'd been in. Well, some one of the dance mag, mix mag. He'd been at maybe music, and he went on to Top Gear. Oh right, okay. I mean, yeah. just to, just to say, I'm not. I'm not speaking ill of this bloke at all, and I'm not slagging him off at all. I did find the article interesting, and it was just a bit of a unfortunate coincidence that he used us as a bit of a, an example because he it was it was effectively saying that you know he came in he came into the enemy and one of his first covers was us and it was just the worst thing that you know it, we were horrible and we looked shit and you know all, all he wanted was a band like the Claxons that had like a really strong image and that sort of stuff and I think well, we, I do I think, remember this piece now yeah I think yeah. we I think we were a victim of that really the fact that we were we were just a band do you know what I mean and we had you know like because I mean not, not being funny but there are, there are bands out there who were you know all style or all image and no fucking substance do you know what I mean whereas we were we were purely just about tunes man and like um creative. yeah make from my yeah from my point it does you know i think it's obviously a combination of both sometimes you know i think um it, it, the unfortunate thing is what what i do it's not always just about the music and making a great record no obviously. you know there's a lot there's a lot more goes into it and you know and yeah. if, if a band like yourselves wasn't in connor's stylistic vision which you obviously weren't and you know it wasn't just you lot it's like i said it kind of is a bit of a year yeah, yeah. year zero situation you know you're going to suffer 
you know, because you know, and, it, it, and it, especially I think the enemy turned very more, it, you know, definitely turned more into a, you know, it certainly was more concerned with style, yeah, should yeah. we say, you know, than it was previously, you know, when it was very much a, you know, all you know, people like James Oldham, I still speak to, and Ted Kessler, they were, they were, you know, they were. I'm not saying Connor wasn't, but they, you know, they were very from the old school. Of, yeah, 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 yeah. It's funny because as a fan of the music, I, I could care less if they were wearing zoot suits, like. <laughs> It just—it wouldn't matter. No, it's just not time. It's just not time, Pete. I think in in the UK, especially, it became you know you had this this wave. It's like like Adam said, you had this suddenly this wave of you know whoever the Claxons or you know Libertines, and it was all very you know style heavy. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. style heavy. And and again, yeah, again, I'm not saying that negatively. You know, it's just something that. No, it's just you know, it's like I said earlier. You know, he, he obviously came in with a with a with an idea. I mean, With an idea, you know, the enemy had, had over the years started to lose a lot of readers, you know. So yeah. I think the, you know, I mean, what do you prop- think? What do you think was the the sort of decline of all that? Do you know what I mean? Do you think it's purely digital market? I just think it, yeah, I just, I just think, yeah, I just think people, um, people have more, more things to keep the mind and you know, keep themselves <laughs> occupied and look at and read and you know, it, it kind of coincided with yeah, with a lot of things, didn't it? Gaming, yeah. whatever, you know, the internet. It just became, it just became a smaller and smaller cog. You know, it's yeah. like when you know, it's going back to when I started doing this. You know, you essentially had radio, TV, and press. You know, and now you've got yeah, you know, you've got. It's like I was talking to you earlier about your your news. You know, spot. You know, there's so many more ways of getting to people now, just for us. But I, I just think for con- consumers as well, it's just so much to keep yourself. You know, I think that was the reason. You know, oh, yeah. Just, I mean, I'm a perfect example because the enemy never even made its way to me. Like I never read, saw, even heard right. of the enemy until I talked to Adam. Like it just there, and there are so many people like me that are like that. That's that is just not the way people consume or learn about new music i it wasn't certainly wasn't for me i mean i heard nah. them on the interwebs well i think <laughs> nah, the, I, I think it's more, it was, in america it was all about radio on it like especially oh, yeah. in america if you could get yourselves on you know k-rock and stuff like that and we, you know we played all that game in america as well steve that's a question uh, you won't have had anything to do with the american side of things or will you absolutely nothing really mate yeah. no i think it kind of it's like i said it kind of fed back a bit to, especially on that second record, because just felt like the American label had started to get a bit more of a, you know, a lot more involved in the direction it all went in. So, um, yeah. and I think you spent a lot more time over there in that second record, didn't you? From memory, I thought, you know, yeah. I mean, a lot of that was down down to. I mean, as I've, we've talked about before, we were kind of victims of our own success on that first record because it had such a it connected so well in so many different places. We were we were yeah. taught we taught it for three years, and we spent we spent a long time um, sort of in America. Try you know if you want to look at it like that, trying to try to crack that market. And we I mean we got some we got some good plays, didn't we on on the big on the big radio stations and that. And um, but it was a, a just an entirely different beast over there do you know what i mean in terms of how it, it, how, how it all worked yeah it just takes a lot of time and effort and yeah it's certainly not like over here used to be where you could crack it in you know to, like you did you know from from um take the long road you know to, what was it probably two months and suddenly you were yeah I mean, no, all I we, like you say, we we had Long Road, which we play like Steve Lamack were playing it, a couple of other people were playing it, and then we we, we did them three tours: the North, the South, uh, well, yeah. the North, the Midlands, and the South. Well, that was the Coral, wasn't it? So the, 
the, the, the coral, yeah. The coral was, we didn't actually do that coral tour. We we actually, we had to pull out of that coral tour. We did, um, oh, that well, we actually, no, we did two dates with them. Or did we do three dates? And then we were going to do a bigger tour with them that we didn't do. But we're, I'm talking before, like, any of the records had come out. I don't I, I, I don't even know if any of the EPs had come out. And we no, were... You, had, you definitely had quite a bit, a bit of press before anything came out, yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that that, that built stuff up. Yeah, before I started Coalition, I I knew Rob and Tony and uh, Tim well, so I kind of was, you know, aware of saw what you're up to. And yeah, you had some great press before you even had a record out. Yeah, yeah, that that helped a lot. I mean, when you say sort of the difference between crack in America, here you can do a few gigs in, you know, Glasgow, Manchester, one in London, and then have some Radio One play, and that's it. A bit of enemy, and there you go. You got people buying your records. Yeah, yeah. So do you want to talk about something else apart from the enemy? <laughs> yeah, definitely, man. We have a uh, we have sort of taxed that one, but I mean, you know, that, like you say, it's kind of it's kind of what quite a lot of your job. Um, well, especially the hands-on stuff. I mean, majority of you'll do behind the scenes, but in terms of the the stuff you had to bring to us, let's face it, it was usually stuff like these lads want you to put fucking angel wings on or something like, and then us going, oh, for fuck's sake, and you going, well, what can, what what can I tell you? Do you know what I mean? What, what a job! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what a job. But you know, we. I mean, I mean, one thing we, we haven't elaborated on the the Tabasco sauce incident, which we have actually got footage of. But that was such a mad night that, and you know, everyone must know the the, the nuts for karaoke over in Japan. And uh, I they, can't, I, you know, mate, I can, that was actually my birthday as well. I think uh, was it? <laughs> yeah, I think it was the eighth of December. I think it was my birthday. It'd have been. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I, I definitely had my birthday over there. Yeah, I think man. it was that night. Yeah, I, I, it's like I said earlier, Pete. I, I, going that way, I just I can't. I, I was just in a daze for four oh, yeah. days. You know, it's like oh, bloody hell. You know, I can't, I know I can't that really remember a lot about that trip. To be oh, honest, I can't. I can't. I, I, can remember, I can remember a lot about the state. You know, the states one's a lot more vivid, but that one is just yeah, Jesus. I remember, uh, yeah, I remember the Tokyo gig was, was fantastic. Tokyo gig was amazing. Oh, you know, yeah. I remember, yeah, that was, that was, yeah. I remember stood at the sound desk with, um, oh, God, who's the Geordie guy, did you say? Davey, Davey Cooper. Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you yeah. what, that's, I'll have to get Davey on. We'll have to get Davey on podcast. Someone remind me about that, bloody hell. That's yeah. a right idea, is that? Um, yeah, but the gigs, so, yeah. the gigs in Japan were absolutely mental, weren't they? And especially the, the big ones in Tokyo. Um, you know, we had, you played about five, I think that was, to- I think you did two nights. Nights, actually, you know? We did th- Was that not the three nights, man? We did three nights at Tokyo at the Zep, which were like two thousand. So it was like six, it, it was, it was the, six thousand yeah, people. Yeah. That was a, that yeah. was a, over then three nights. We made more in like t-shirt money than do you know. What I mean, we made, a, uh, I made an absolute yeah. fortune on t-shirts that tour. I'm telling you, it was nuts. Right. And that after uh, honestly, every time after that, I like as soon as we finish playing, first thing I do is run over to the merch stall. Do you know what I mean? And be <laughs> like, ah, what are we looking? Are we looking? Do you know? What I mean? Anywhere, <laughs> anywhere near that number yeah tell you what it were insane that number but yeah, yeah i mean we were we were in that karaoke bar weren't there and um, what were you were you doing sex pistols when you were you were I already so, yeah. you were I, already yeah. delirious and drunk and you were <laughs> you were doing you were doing sex pistols and then you decided to just down a bottle of uh tabasco sauce or sort <laughs> a, a good chunk of it but the funniest thing was like you, you know you were you were proper enjoying it and into it and then you took a drink and, and, it hit me. and your face just fucking changed <laughs> And the best thing we'll find in this video that Jenny's unearthed, you can you can actually see the look. You can see the look on your face change. Do you know what I mean? And you're just like, oh shit! I just really remember stuff. it being a big room, you know, like. 
in Japan, it's just not, everything's everything's completely culturally different. Yeah. And you, I just remember right. being in like a big, just you're, you're almost in like a yeah. It was a freaking sky. It was a skyscraper, Pete. You know what I mean? It was like a karaoke yeah. skyscraper. Every floor yeah. was wow. a different fucking karaoke hall, and it was a, a, a massive building. Um, and we just get absolutely levered in them places, won't we? And have an <laughs> yeah, absolute riot. Fun. Yeah, I'll tell you the gig I really enjoyed. It was the um, the Blackpool one. Oh man, we came up to that. Really, yeah, em- was, Empress Ball, was, Empress Ball. Yeah, that was that. That felt like uh, to me. That felt like the sort of not the peak, but definitely. Oh, it the, was the peak. Real, the, yeah, the real. This is. It was. What was the, What about it made you feel that way? Oh, it's just. It, I, I, yeah, it's not. It was. It's obviously really old, iconic sort of. Um, venue, beautiful yeah. old Victorian, and it's a big old place as well. Probably old, about three thousand, do you reckon? High threes, three, high threes, low fours. I'd have said. But I, I just think that this, you know, that was the audience. I think in there, yeah, you know, they were just it was it was a it was a bank holiday as well. A wet bank holiday in Blackpool, wasn't it? Yeah, memory name. Yeah, just the atmosphere in there was unbelievable. And, it was, and um, yeah, it was yeah, great night. Although this is this is obviously shows how long ago it was. I, I remember Andy Wilshire did the pictures actually, and I remember we had that it, it must have been a Friday night because I think they needed to be back on the Saturday because that was for a cover as well. That was yeah. that one they they illustrated, and um, the, the pictures had to be back for the Saturday to reach deadline for the Tuesday edition. So hmm. I remember we got back, we stayed in, staying in some hotel in, but it was the big hotel where all the because um, they have a lot of um, political um, conventions in Blackpool. The main political parties used to go, so there's, it was a semi posh hotel in Blackpool, oh, all right. yeah, yeah. and it had it had all the facilities supposedly. And, and I remember us going back, and Andy Wilsh wanted to. And this is the early days of emailing, you know, like emailing files and what have you. So I remember, that, you know, we checked before we entered. Can we, you know, one this morning, you know, come on and get go on your modem or whatever it was. <laughs> Spark it up and send these. But yeah, no problem. So I remember, I remember leaving, coming back to the hotel, leaving and go to the bar. I was, we had a couple of journalists with us, I think, but go to the bar and, and Andy said, I'll be with you in about half an hour and we'll get these sent. And he came back I can't send these. And it was about two in the morning at this point. So I said, can't send them. They just won't go through. You know, everyone's been trying to... I said, what are we going to do? He said, you're going to have to drive back tomorrow morning. I said, what time oh. have these got to be here? They've got to be here at 11. 11, it's fucking two in the morning. I'm, <laughs> oh, I'm quite pissed. That meeting is a five-hour drive back to London. So we literally had to get up at like, I stopped drinking then. I had to get up at five in the morning, which I probably still, well, I would have been still fucking pissed. You know, I was <laughs> pissed at that point. Got in the car and I remember having to stick on that Queens of Stone Age on a uh, second Queen of Stone Age arm and just nice. like, right, try. <laughs> That'll keep you up. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But that was a great gig, fantastic gig. Oh, definitely. I mean, the thing to give you a bit of context, Pete. I mean, um, it like like Steve said, it's an old venue, and the Stone Roses played there, and obviously, you know, yeah. a lot of uh, people who connected with us had previously connected with Stone Roses, so there was that sort of historic gig um, of them playing sure, there, yeah. and it's just a really there's something about that room. I mean, there's there's quite a few of them in country for me, like really special rooms. You know, you got Barrowlands, Glasgow Barrowlands. Yeah. Brixton's a great room. Oh, Brixton Academy. Absolutely. Absolutely. How many times did you play that in the end? 
Brixton, we played um, at least at least twice. Did we do it with the charlatans as well? Is uh, that where the MTV thing was? Yeah, man, that was. Oh, the MTV there was. Thing. Yeah, that's right, Pete. Yeah, well remembered. MTV, MTV fifth. Uh, it was a MTV two fifth birthday yeah. party. And it was all the darkness and, oh God, who else was on it? Jane's Addiction. Jane's Addiction were headlining. Um, it was an absolute monster. It's on YouTube. It's an absolute monster of a gig. The height of our yeah. powers, like you say, I think that was 2003. Yeah, it were, it were a great gig that. I, I think that was coming off the tail. I tell you what, I think that was coming off the tail end of an American tour itself because we'd seen quite a lot of Jane's Addiction already. We'd, we'd right. done stuff on Big Day Out and I think we did Lollapalooza with them and then we came back and straight away yeah. we went into that. Uh, at Brixton like you say but yeah it's, it's it's a fucking great venue Shepherd's Bush Empire as well had some great gigs there Manchester Apollo do you know what I mean there are quite a few yeah. where, where we've had some absolute belters but like were you at the blank canvas or was that was that before your time with us I think it might have been just before was it I think the first time I saw you because I think I started at Coalition the start of 2002 and I think because you weren't doing gigs in London around then, were you? No, we, deli- we deliberately avoided it. Yeah, deliberately. We did stuff in like Oxford and stuff like that yeah. and around the perimeter. I think I came up to York Fibbers of all places. Oh, man, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, and then then the, after that we did that. The enemy did that actually really fantastic two two or three page live thing from yep. Ashton Underline. That's right. Glamour. It's a it's a suburb of Manchester, Pete, but not the most. Uh, I don't know, better not in case anyone from Ashton. <laughs> oh yeah, we've we've got some Manchester fans. <laughs> yeah, I bet, but yeah. So anyway, okay, it's a wonderful room. place. Yeah. Yeah. No, Manchester. Yeah. Anyway, Ashton underlines a bit, but anyway, and then Colchester. Yeah. So I think that was the first. That was that was around the time of the silver. Don't eat, uh, fuck me EP, wasn't was it? it? Was so, that Colchester Arts Centre? Arts Centre, yeah. Yeah. Rob, Rob drove up. Rob drove up to it as well. I seem to remember. He, he came off for that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but yeah, I think it was Fibber's first time I saw you. Yeah? So yeah, I think like, we came up and stayed the night there, and um, yeah. Yeah, I, I remember that. I remember that uh, Art Centre gig really fondly. Actually, that were a, that were an absolute stonk. I mean, I think, we had, I think we had a game of football outside, mate. Yeah, as ever. As ever. I mean, that's something that we did a lot of, didn't we? And was it, where was it we were playing with Andy Wilshire? Was that, was that Belfast? Belfast, mate. Belfast. Yeah, was Belfast. it? It was at the time when the tramp just randomly came over and got involved. <laughs> just that whole, I mean, like, it was actually, was it, was it quite good or was that my imagination? I no, yeah, I think you, you was, was he just that. pissed out of his head? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we did. He, he was we the did. best. He went on to play with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. he was fantastic, Pete. Yeah, he was better than us lot. Yeah. Now we did Dublin. We, that was another enemy. We did Dublin and um, Belfast. Yeah, man. remember that? Great. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, that, yeah, they were great shows as well. They were really good. Uh, the Dublin one, particularly, I seem to remember, was really good. Was that the so, Trinity? Yeah. Was that the Trinity Ball or the um, or the one in the centre of town? I think it was one in centre of town, mate. I, I think but... yeah, I'm seem to recall it's centre of town somewhere. But yeah, great. I remember it being a really good gig. So how does the uh, how does the press uh, officer job change now for you? Like, you know, I know things were different back then. And uh, like, what does what does it mean to be a press officer these days? <laughs> well, obviously, I think the main, the, probably the main thing, Pete, is, is there's a lot more online press, you know, and compared to print press. And I think in generally, there's a lot less places writing about music these days whether it be actual specific music mags there's a lot fewer music magazines you know the broad you know the sort of daily papers are still doing music but probably 
not as much as they were, you know. I think, yeah. you know, you look at someone like The Guardian, you know, five, six years ago, they'd have, you know, they'd have a dedicated studio for, for sessions, and which has all gone by the wayside. So yeah, it's a lot more, it's harder to get certain things in the press these days, you know, just because I just think it's simply a case of there isn't the space. Yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, like you say, though, is it even as relevant next to, you know, when you've got all these other outlets? No, it's not. I think, you know, if I'm being, you know, my, my you know, I think, probably not my, but the press office's role has certainly diminished in terms of its importance. Mm. You know, it's, it's, you know, when I started, it used to be virtually the first person you'd line in a up. meeting. You'd, you'd be, you know, you'd, oh, yeah, there's a band you'd line up the first, but, you know, the first thing you'd get after a manager probably is a press officer. Yeah, yeah. You know, which isn't the case anymore. I think there's a lot more. Yeah, so we were talking about Adam earlier. You know, the ways of getting music to people is 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 various these days. Yeah, you know, oh, yeah. Don't read, you know, read about it in wherever Enemy or Kerrang, you know, that like they used to. So, so yeah, you've you've just got to be. It's, yeah, it's just a lot less space, and you kind of you you kind of know things will. In the certain things, you know, will struggle to get any press. Yeah. You know, these which is never. You know, you'd always manage to eke out something somewhere with a. You know, and it's not, and it's not not particularly to do with the quality of a band either. You know, there's plenty sure, of quality yeah. acts that just don't get written about. Just you know whether there, you know there isn't a story there. You yeah. know, it's very. You know, a lot of the stuff we get press on is stuff that's probably got a very strong backstory. These days you know right okay yeah yeah the human side and we you know just because of my my age as well you know i'm doing a lot of what you probably would term heritage in the states or catalog over here you know older acts like edwin collins or matt johnson from the there or you know mick head from shat and there's just there's plenty of you know not plenty but there's definitely you can get you yeah, place like Mojo and Uncut are geared towards those sort of artists, so you yeah. can, you know, you can find press for. But yeah, new bands, very, you know, a lot. I'd say nine out of ten new bands nowadays, it's very hard. You know, I was talking to somebody the other day online, and you know, I said, how many press releases do you? You know, there's a lot more music coming as well. You know, mm-hmm. so, so how many press releases do you get a day? You know, in terms of for news posts, you know, you look at, you know, line of best fit and they put up say 12 news stories a day about so-and-so shares a video. So-and-so announces a, an album and, you know, it, it's, it's getting towards, you know, a hundred or so emails a day. So, you know, and, and that's a lot of music to go that's through. That's a lot of trog face wankers, man. <laughs> <laughs> to reject. Yeah. yeah. But when you, you know, it just is an equation. It doesn't work anymore. Do you know, it's like you've got less space, yeah. but more music coming, you know, yeah. so, you know, what I do is probably become a lot more specialist in terms of, yeah. The overall so, picture. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not the space for general press, you know. Yeah, to see yeah. what, you know yeah. what I'm saying? I think it's a bit more. It's like I said, you know, there's no, there's never, there's no issues, you know. Getting, you know, did a Buzzcocks camp, you know, reissued campaign for Domino recently, and yeah. you know, there's, just, there's certain things, you know, I do like the Fat White Family, and they, you know, there was obviously a, they've got such a strong aesthetic and story, and you know, they things like that work. But I think you know, old school, you know, band band, some, yeah, you yeah. know. It's, it's a lot harder these days so um, i mean so, yeah. you know when you're looking i mean how do you sort of find people to represent in that sense or is it do people come to you more than anything once you've built your reputation doing what you do or yeah, are you I'll sort be, of yeah, out I'll there be, yeah i've kind of been doing it now for 25 six years so you oh, know wow. i know a lot of people and yeah you know that stuff does come come to me and you know people people you know there's been people i've been working with or known for 
those full 25 years yeah, so yeah. You know, they know what i do and what i like and yeah so in that respect it's uh i'm still clinging on <laughs> <laughs> i'll be there when the last magazine goes down there you go <laughs> are, you, are you coming to temple newsome oh uh, yeah oh uh, yeah i spoke to tim about that Awful. he said oh checking checking on the brain you know but um yeah. yeah i've been doing the cribs cribs as well actually this the, the ah. last record so yeah so they're obviously on there but yeah it's um yeah i'm looking forward to it oh man it'll be awesome it'll be absolutely awesome i know it's been delayed but you know it'll be it'll be around before we know it but yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a special night that i think it'll be a special night and you know there's lots of people coming up so if we can get dave boyd over jim abbas you know what i mean there's yeah lots- Lots of people who, um, who, we've, who we've invited, which is a bit silly, really, because we've got a fucking tiny guest list. Honestly, a massive, <laughs> massive gig like that, and we've got, like, 15 guests each. Yeah, that's the other thing, Pete. It's just not the money there was. So the trips to the yeah. States and Japan are long gone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I honestly think my last trip to the States was 10 years ago. Right. 10, 11 years ago. Yeah. You know? so, uh, but no, I'm yeah. looking forward to it. It should be great. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I, can't, I can't wait. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah, Pete's coming over. I think over. I remember coming over. It's the same. It's the same place as they they have they have Leeds Festival, isn't it? it well, it's the same place they originally had Leeds Festival. Yeah. Temple did you Newsom. play there? We did. Yeah, we played there. Um, well, it had been two thousand and three. Um, I think I've got a vague memory of having to because you were in the enemy signing tent. I think that's right. And I think I had to drop some posters off because you'd run out of posters or you'd done red in the day before and run out of posters or stuff to sign and I'd come up to Leeds with a carload of gear right. and I remember getting stuck in traffic and luckily as with my wife and it's like I was looking at I'm never going to get in it it's like I'm not going to deliver these things to sign in these in like half hour we were just in a queue that wasn't even I remember having to leave back the car like literally with armfuls <laughs> and posters and bags of and running between running cars down, and traffic yeah, yeah running down the main road it's like the A64 or it's right out there isn't it yeah, yeah. And running down the road getting to like this just random gate going <laughs> mate I've got to get to the side who, and like, who the fuck are you mate yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm on the guest I'm in on a mission <laughs> yeah and they eventually took took pity on me so oh, just you know they, I think they radio through to the guest list sort of cabin so got got some bloke here claiming to be stupid and it's like, oh yeah lady. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I eventually got there like oh, here you go it's fucking posters but yeah so yeah. I'll be there don't yeah. ask me to bring any posters, though, mate. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> That's all right, man. That's all right. That's hilarious. Um, but yeah man um, thank you so much for giving up your time and coming on to chat to us man. absolute pleasure mate no it's been absolute been, pleasure been, I was going to say you, you come into Temple News and Pete as well or? he bloody oh. is he is yeah yeah good man yeah there's a lot of things in life uh, I would miss that's not one of them <laughs> yeah Pete are you making a week of it Pete I'm definitely making a week of it yeah yeah so where are you whereabouts are you in the States Pete you are North Carolina okay yeah oh yeah I'm looking forward to it I'm looking forward to checking out the whole area I've, I've already started to get some tips because i had asked some folks about you know the leads the area so i'm uh the tips are coming in so keep them coming but i'll uh yeah. i'll definitely be looking to enjoy the uh the area yeah so. i've got i've got no tips for you pete i'm useless in that regard <laughs> you want to speak to honestly phil and jen if you want to know about leads or like town speak to <laughs> phil and jen honestly they're um they're quite uh you know they get out quite a lot so they know all the cool spots and i think they know a lot of people who own bars and stuff and restaurants so they'll be the people to speak to but i'm sure you'll get plenty of people recommending stuff to you Pete I've absolutely no doubt I need to find a bar that's going to let a bunch of music fans come in for like karaoke or something maybe we can get Steven 
Uh, so how do you do that in the pub in Kipax, mate? Yeah, you probably can. Yeah, yeah. Oh, is mate? Yeah, which one did you go in? Was it the Orc, the Royal Orc? I think it, it was the Orc that rings a bell. Oh, yeah, well, the, the Orc's not open anymore. To be fair, the Orc shut years ago. It depends which you went in. You might have gone it Margate. You might have gone it Margate. It was a fair. Was it? Was it up on the high street or was it sort of down? Yeah, you you might not remember. You might. I remember. just remember being like any sort. Ruralish northern pub, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We used to frequent the Orc, but that got shut down. Yeah, we actually played in the Orc once. Oh my god, but yeah, that, that got shut down years ago. Um, so yeah, that's been really great to speak to Steve. Not spoken to him for a long time, absolutely lovely guy. Um, really appreciate you giving up your time, Steve. And um, you know, we're really looking forward to seeing you at Temple News. And I know the rest of the lads will be looking forward to seeing you as well because you know, I mean. Miss guys. Absolute like pleasure, mate. Absolute pleasure. Looking forward to it. Nice one. So, yeah, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. <laughs>